0: chapter twenty two of cleopatra by georg ebers translated by mary j safford this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty two dion too witnessed the departure of the troops gorgias whom he had found among the Ephebi, accompanied him and like the queen they saw in the cautious manner with which the army greeted the general a bad omen for the result of the battle the architect had presented dion to the youths as the ghost of a dead man who as soon as he was asked whence he came or whither he was going would be compelled to vanish in the form of a fly he could venture to do this he knew the ephebi there was no traitor in their ranks dion the former head of the society had been welcomed like a beloved brother risen from the dead and he had the gratification after so long a time of turning the scale as speaker in a debate true he had encountered very little opposition for the resolve to hold aloof from the battle against the romans had been urged upon the ephibi by the queen herself through antyllus who however had already left the meeting when dion joined it it had seemed to cleopatra a crime to claim the blood of the noblest sons of the city for a cause which she herself deemed lost she knew the parents of many and feared that octavianus would inflict a terrible punishment upon them if not being enrolled in the army they fell into his power with arms in their hands the stars were already setting when the ephebi accompanied their friend singing in chorus the hymeneus which they had been unable to chant on his wedding day the melody of lutes accompanied the voices and this nocturnal music was the source of the rumour that the god dionysus to whom mark antony felt specially akin and in whose form he had so often appeared to the people had abandoned him amid songs and music the youths left dion in front of the temple of isis gorgias alone remained with him the architect led his friend to the queen's mausoleum near the sanctuary where the men were toiling busily by torchlight a light scaffolding still surrounded it but the lofty first story containing the real tomb was completed and dion admired the art with which the exterior of the edifice suggested its purpose huge blocks of dark grey granite formed the walls the broad front solemn almost gloomy in aspect rose sloping slightly above the massive lofty door surmounted by a moulding bearing the winged disc of the sun on either side were niches containing statues of antony and cleopatra cast in dark bronze and above the cornice were brazen figures of love and death fame and silence ennobling the egyptian forms with exquisite works of hellenic art the massive door adorned with brass figures in relief would have resisted a battering-ram on the side of the steps leading to it lay sphinxes of dark-green diorite. everything connected with this building dedicated to death was grave and massive suggesting by its indestructibility the idea of eternity the second story was not yet finished masons and stone-cutters were engaged in covering the strong walls with dark serpentine and black marble the huge windlass stood ready to raise a masterpiece of alexandrian art this was intended for the pediment and represented venus victrix with helmet shield and lance leading a band of winged gods of love little archers at whose head eros himself was discharging arrows and victoriously fighting against the three-headed cerberus death already bleeding from many wounds there was no time to see the interior of the building for pyrrhus expected his guests to join him at the harbour at sunrise and the eastern sky was already brightening with the approach of dawn as the friends reached the landing-place the brass dome of the serapium which towered above everything was glittering with dazzling splendour the pennons and masts of the fleet which was about to set sail from the harbour seemed steeped in a sea of golden light tremulous reflections of the brazen and gilded figures on the prows of the vessels were mirrored in the undulating surface of the sea and the long shadows of the banks of oars united galley after galley on the surface of the water like the meshes of a net here the friends parted and dion walked down the quay alone to meet the freedman who must have found it difficult to guide his boat out of this labyrinth of vessels the inspection of the mausoleum had detained the young father too long and though disguised beyond recognition he reproached himself for having recklessly incurred a danger whose consequences he felt this to-day for the first time would not injure himself alone the whole fleet was awaiting the signal for departure the vessels which did not belong to it had been obliged to moor in front of the temple of poseidon and all were strictly forbidden to leave the anchorage pyrrhus's fishing-boat was in the midst and return to the serpent island was impossible at present how vexatious barine was ignorant of his trip to the city and to be compelled to leave her alone while a naval battle was in progress directly before her eyes distressed him as much as it could not fail to alarm her in fact the young mother had waited from early dawn with increasing anxiety for her husband as the sun rose higher and the strokes of the oars propelling two hundred galleys the shrill whistle of the flutes marking the time the deep voices of the captain's shouting orders and the blasts of the trumpets filling the air were heard far and near around the island she became so overwhelmed with uneasiness that she insisted upon going to the shore though hitherto she had not been permitted to take the air except under the awning stretched for the purpose on the shady side of the house in vain the women urged her not to let her fears gain the mastery and to have patience but she would have resisted even force in order to look for him who with her child now comprised her world when leaning on helena's arm she reached the shore no boat was in sight the sea was covered with ships-of-war floating fortresses moving onward like dragons with a thousand legs whose feet were the countless rowers arranged in three or five sets each of the larger galleys was surrounded by smaller ones from most of which darted dazzling flashes of light for they were crowded with armed men and from the prows of the strong boarding-vessels the sunbeams glittered on the large shining metal points whose office was to pierce the wooden sides of the foe the gilded statues in the prows of the large galleys shone and sparkled in the broad radiance of the day's star and flashes of light also came from the low hills on the shore here mark antony's soldiers were stationed and the sunbeams reflected from the helmets coats of mail and lance-heads of the infantry and the armour of the horsemen quivered with dazzling brilliancy in the hot air of the first day of an egyptian august amid this blazing flashing and sparkling in the morning air so steeped in warmth and radiance the sounds of warlike preparations from the land and fleet constantly grew louder barine exhausted had just sunk into a chair which dione the fisherman's daughter had placed in the shade of the highest rock on the northwestern shore of the flat island when a crashing blast of the tuba suddenly echoed from all the galleys in the egyptian fleet and the whole array of vessels filed past the pharos at the opening of the harbor into the open sea there the narrow ranks of the wooden giant separated and moved onward in broader lines this was done quietly and in the same faultless order as a few days before when a similar manoeuvre had been executed under the eyes of mark antony the longing for combat seemed to urge them steadily forward the hostile fleet lying motionless awaited the attack but the egyptian assailants had advanced majestically only a few ships lengths towards the roman foe when another signal rent the air the women whose ears caught the waves of sound said afterwards that it seemed like a cry of agony it had given the signal for a deed of unequalled treachery the slaves criminals and the basest of the mercenaries on the rowers benches in the hold had doubtless long listened intently for it and when it finally came the men on the upper benches raised their long oars and held them aloft which stopped the work of those below and every galley paused pointing at the next with the wooden oars outstretched like fingers as if seized with horror the celerity and faultless order with which the raising of the oars was executed and vessel after vessel brought to a stand would have been a credit to an honourable captain but the manoeuvre introduced one of the basest acts ever recorded in history and the women who had witnessed many a namachia and understood its meaning exclaimed as if with a single voice treachery they are going over to the enemy mark antony's fleet created for him by cleopatra surrendered down to the last galley to caesar's heir the victor of actium and the man to whom the sailors had vowed allegiance who had drilled them and only yesterday had urged them to offer a gallant resistance saw from one of the downs on the shore the strong weapons on which he had based the fairest hopes not shattered but delivered into the hands of the enemy the surrender of the fleet to the foe he knew it sealed his destruction and the women on the shore of the serpent island who were so closely connected with those on whom this misfortune fell suspected the same thing the hearts of both were stirred and their eyes grew dim with tears of indignation and sorrow they were alexandrians and did not desire to be ruled by rome cleopatra daughter of the macedonian house of the ptolemies had the sole right to govern the city of her ancestors founded by the great macedonian the sorrow they had themselves endured through her sank into insignificance beside the tremendous blow of fate which in this hour reached the queen the roman and egyptian fleet returned to the harbour as one vast squadron under the same commander and anchored in the roadstead of the city which was now its precious booty barine had seen enough and returned to the house with drooping head her heart was heavy and her anxiety for the man she loved hourly increased it seemed as if the very day-star shrank from illuminating so infamous a deed with friendly light for the dazzling searching sun of the first of august veiled its radiant face with a greyish-white mist and the desecrated sea wrinkled its brow changed its pure azure robe to yellowish grey and blackish green while the white foam hissed on the crests of the angry waves as twilight began to approach the anxiety of the deserted wife became unendurable not only helena's wise words of caution but the sight of her child failed to exert their usual influence and barine had already summoned the son of pyrrhus to persuade him to take her in his boat to the city when dion saw a boat approaching the serpent island from the direction of the sea a short time after dion sprang on shore and kissed from his young wife's lips the reproaches with which she greeted him he had heard of the treachery of the fleet while entering a hired boat with the freedmen in the harbour of eunostus pyrrhusus having been detained with the other craft before the temple of poseidon the experienced pilot had been obliged to steer the boat in a wider curve against the wind through the open sea and was delayed a long time by a number of the war vessels of the fleet danger and separation were now past and they rejoiced in the happiness of meeting yet could not feel genuine joy their souls were oppressed by anxiety concerning the fate of the queen and their native city as night closed in the dogs barked violently and they heard loud voices on the shore dion with a presentiment that misfortune was threatening himself and his dear ones obeyed the summons no star illumined the darkness only the wavering light of a lantern on the strand and another on the nearest island illumined the immediate vicinity while southward the lights in the city shone as brightly as ever pyrrhus and his youngest son were just pushing a boat into the water to release from the sands another which had run aground in a shallow near the neighbouring island dion sprang in with them and soon recognised in the hail the voice of the architect gorgias the young father shouted a joyous greeting to his friend but there was no reply soon after pyrrhus landed his belated guest on the shore he had escaped as the fisherman explained a great danger for had he gone to the other island which swarmed with venomous serpents he might easily have fallen a victim to the bite of one of the reptiles gorgias grasped dion's hand but in reply to his gay invitation to accompany him to the house at once he begged him to listen to his story before joining the ladies dion was startled he knew his friend when his deep voice had such a tone of gloomy discouragement and his head drooped so mournfully some terrible event had befallen him his foreboding had been correct the first tidings pierced his own soul deeply he was not surprised to learn that the romans ruled alexandria but a small band of the conquerors who had been ordered to conduct themselves as if they were in a friendly country had forced their way into the architect's large house to occupy the quarters assigned to them the deaf grandmother of helena and barine who had but half comprehended what threatened the citizens terrified by the noisy entrance of the soldiers had had another attack of apoplexy and closed her eyes in death before gorgias set out for the island but it was not only this sad event which must grieve the hearts of the two sisters that had brought the architect in a stranger's boat to the serpent island at so late an hour his soul was so agitated by the horrible incidents of the day that he needed to seek consolation among those from whom he was sure to find sympathy nor was it wholly the terrible things fate had compelled him to witness which induced him to venture out upon the sea so recklessly but still more the desire to bring to the fugitives the happy news that they might return with safety to their native city deeply agitated nay confused and overpowered by all he had seen and experienced the architect usually so clear and with all his mental vivacity so circumspect began his story a remonstrance from dion induced him to collect his thoughts and describe events in the order in which they had befallen him chapter twenty two